The following podcast contains adult themes and is not suitable for listeners under 18. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, Gorilla Three Hosts. Be recording another episode of the podcast. Thank you to the two people that favorited the podcast. Even if you unfavored it, because I was kind of on a two-week hiatus due to the Rona and work. But now I'm bringing a fresh episode with another special guest, Miss B. Hello, hello. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing well. How's the day? It's going great. It's sunny and everyone's out the pool. It's too crazy. You almost want to believe that there isn't any Rona. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I noticed a bunch of people were outside. Uh, You got a chance to study this morning, correct? Yes, I did. Okay. How would that go? It went well. Honestly, I got further and I continued to push uh, further and kind of make it a part of my routine along with working out and making my health a lot better than it was. Okay. Did you like, uh, did you go outside or you use your uh, workout bike? Um, I, I actually didn't do that. I did some uh, indoor exercises on my yoga mat for a bit. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. Did you like do the typical like Google or uh, YouTube yoga or like you have like a program that you're doing? I actually purchased a book that they had been advertising on Facebook no called, uh, I think it's 28 and Me, I think that's what it's called. Okay. And it's really awesome how they kind of explain everything, like what to expect like during when you start this, like it's uh, explains like a meal plan, um, a workout for like each day of the month because you're doing it for 28 days. Oh, okay. Um, and then also... Like, when you're going grocery shopping, uh, things you should be, like, looking out for that you should be incorporating in your diet. Because I took an assessment, and that's what it pretty much is basing it off of. Like, oh, foods no that shit. I should be incorporating in to uh, create a better me. Okay, perfect. Mm-hmm. So, let's see. We've had an interesting couple of weeks. Uh, let's start off that um, me, and, me and B work at the exact same place, which is the House of Evolution, keeping that under wrap. <laughs> and our parking lot pretty much had a flood. And it was, from my point of view, was just, hey, people are going to look at their cars, and that was about it. And then they would come back and then go to their typical station. But then when we came out, there was like two to, what, three to four feet, I think it was? I'm pretty sure. actual water. Yes. Now, since I don't actually own my car right now, and I've been carpooling with you for the time being, what... What was your initial reaction to seeing, for lack of a better term, your car almost completely underwater? Um, (laughs) honestly, it was so kind of, it was in a sense soul shattering because I'm truly a car enthusiast. Mm -hmm. It's something I always grew up with, uh, thanks to my father and the fact that I saw something and this is like the first car that I've ever like uh, actually financed. Okay. And it's something that I got to pick out with all the bells and whistles and it was under my name. Like it was all me pretty much. Oh, to see. see that being in a sense possibly destroyed, it, w- it really hurt because it's like, it's one of those points that every adult thinks of when they see something like 
a house fire or something like a flood oh, and whatnot. It's yeah. like all your hard, uh, hard-earned money just goes boop right out the door. Yeah. And to me, it was just more so because it's like, wow, that's something I paid for. Oh, and I now I have to go through the same process I just did last year because my baby almost was going to be uh, one year old in July. But luckily, we're getting her back on the streets because yeah. she's going to be coming out the uh, deep details shop soon so i'm excited to get my baby back <laughs> <laughs> yeah for like yeah for like they're a better term <laughs> so they just had to read they just had to do like upholstery maintenance right basically they just had to rip up the carpet and uh re-oil everything from like the what my seats sit on or tracks to bring it forward bring it back oh. and so they got to re-oil that and uh i'm pretty sure they have to um kind of shine out my rotors because they were really rusted when I was looking at it and taking pictures so I imagine I'll get some work probably under, under the hood done the, from the water thing and uh, I think even when I was looking at the list I think I'm getting an oil change out of this which is awesome because <laughs> okay. I haven't even gotten an oil change this year so I'm wow. like cool free wow your car well, semi free <laughs> your car's been underwater so we're gonna go ahead and give you an oil change. exactly that's what I was like oh cool we love free stuff especially people <laughs> of the millennial age <laughs> So let's jump into some questions, I guess, more focused and enough with the icebreakers. For first, since we actually just talked about this, what is your favorite animal? Oh, <laughs> that's a good question. If you um, had to choose one, go ahead. Um, Honestly, I do like um, manta rays. I think they're so cool the way they glide in water. And Really? Yeah. I think you might be the first person I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> like a manta ray. Like, manta oh, okay. ray. No, I always thought they were so cool, and I went to an exhibit like a year ago in, uh, what is it, in uh, down south, okay. and it was, they had an exhibit for the uh, manta rays and stingrays, and I'm like, this is so cool. Just look at it, the way they fly in the water, pretty much. It, okay. it almost makes it look so majestic. Was it one of those exhibits where you could like reach your hand in and touch its back? Or? Yep. Did you do it? Yep. No shit. <laughs> yep. I don't know. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> Was it dangerous? Yes. <laughs> Did you choke them for killing the crocodile really hunter? Really <laughs> funny. <laughs> I would. No, but they're they're beautifully soft. They have like the that really like cushy feel to their really? um to their skin, and it was honestly like an amazing. I was like, I love one as a pet. <laughs> but manta rays can get so big. I was like, I don't have an aquarium big enough for that, unless I'm a millionaire. If you could, if you could compare the touch to somebody who's never touched one, like me, what would you think is like the most similar thing? Hmm, that's a good, really good question. Um, this is gonna sound odd because it's food, but <laughs> if you've ever seasoned a um, pork shoulder. Okay. It's got that similar, like, squishy feel to it. Oh, and that's exactly no shit. What, yeah. Okay. Uh. I know. I'm sorry. It's food. But <laughs> I was Man like, that's... Manta rays feel like Queto on the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, jumping on this topic, because this should amaze me. So, as you know, I play video games. Mm-hmm. And pretty much PlayStation 4 was my first system. Right. So then, lo and behold... When I see you playing video games and you're playing Sonic and Mario, and not only are you playing these, but you're killing this shit. <laughs> and me, I can play God of War and ace a fucking boss pretty easily, but I can't pick up Sonic and even pass a fucking level. But you're doing this like amazingly. So, how the hell did you get so good at 2D games like the Sonics, the Marios, 
from pretty much like the Sega age on. Yeah. Uh, pretty much, in all honesty, in our household, we owned every or the game station as old as uh, I think it's ColecoVision before Atari. Yeah. I might be wrong. Okay. Um, it was ColecoVision. Pretty much all the way up into the game stations we started asking for. I think the newest one that we had was the first Xbox. And we kind of like go in between like which games to play with. We even had a PlayStation 1. That was my first PlayStation ever. Oh, and it was sure. really dope. We had like the little attachments for like the car driving games. That's probably yeah, where my yeah. love really got oh, into play of it. Okay. Um, but aside from that, like my dad really introduced it to me. And I. I remember going at, like, Mario 64, and then I gave up after a while. And then I went back into it, and I was like, you know what? This looks really... This is an adventure. You should really try getting into it. Who knows what world you might uncover. You know Mm -hmm. what? will fascinate you and make you want to go further. Which I assume that's what the game developer is thinking when they're trying to develop it in the new lands. It's like, okay, we're going to start them off with this little, like, peanuts for... uh, level one and then we're gonna go into like vast other worlds where you're encountering like not only harder bosses but more like kind of more in depth in what you must do to get to that boss okay and that was something that uh really fascinated me and uh as i was getting into like mario 64 i uh would go into then i'd reach lands like like the sand world and um I know there was, like, an underground... It was really cool. It was, like, an underground, like, water place, pretty much. Mm-hmm. But aside from that, um, it wasn't just me that got into video games. It would be me and my sister. And when I couldn't be a level, I handed it to her. And back and forth, back and forth, until we got to the last boss. And we'd be so happy because, it's like, cool. Teamwork makes the dream work. <laughs> <laughs> so we got to the goal. And then we're like, now what? We got nothing. All right, well, let's go and see what else we can find and see if we can beat that. Okay. My best friend used to go, oh, uh, I can't beat games like you guys can. I was like, that's because we had a goal. We had to to get to that, and we want it now. (laughs) And so persistence was key. (laughs) Yeah. When you you grow up playing, like, the Mario games, and even now I still uh, see you playing, I forgot which one that has the Tanuki suit. Mm. Um, Oh, that's the three. Yeah. Yes. um, when you play something like that and you play like the newest Mario, which is Mario Odyssey, which you also beat, is there like a huge disconnect between the two? Is there one you like more than the other? Mm, as weird as this sounds, maybe because I'm an old soul, I like the older ones because I think even though like technology has really developed since, and don't get me wrong, the last the last level in Mario was epic because he was in deep in like china and it was like pretty much the great wall and oh, all okay. the cool structure that was a really dope level but in the older one it felt like i don't know it felt like there was more to like accomplish and more to be like agitated by which made you want to try again and again until you were so oh, mad <laughs> okay so but, you, you felt the older games were more challenging mm-hmm. okay do you think they dumbed it down for like the the, the, like I actually this. wondered because for because I know Nintendo is all about kids and whatnot and um, maybe it just means that I need to like I guess step up my genre I would say maybe uh, to go into a, maybe a little bit of a harder place but I like my happy games but <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I see that I'm like 
uh, it doesn't seem as hard as what it used to be because I used to get way madder over this mess. Now it's like, well, they have, uh, now they have like a helper to like kind of guide you through it. They oh, didn't have that in the older days. Yeah. Like no. a tutorial kind of. Oh, yeah. No. So. They were like, congratulations, you're lost and you also died. Exactly. So, okay. But Zelda doesn't perform that one. No, they just yeah. go you in and goodbye. No. Yeah, the newest one, it's like, welcome. It's like, okay, now what? Welcome. <laughs> it's like, oh shit! All right. One of the so I get a lot of interesting responses to this, so I have to ask you too. What was your first exposure to anime? Like the first time you've actually seen it, like on a TV? Ooh, first grade. Believe it or not, first grade. Yes, okay. we have my awesome first grade teacher. Um, every time it'd be some someone's birthday, they'd go and kind of bring something in. Um, maybe a movie or some kind of like something because it's dedicated to the like them pretty much. So we'd have a birthday party for them, and then uh, this one girl brought in Sailor Moon, and that was the no first shit. time I ever watched anime, and I was like, "This is pretty cool." Then I had a then I let time pass a little bit. Then my second exposure to it was um, when I realized that Cartoon Network, I know, blasphemy pass. Uh, would turn into Toonami after a certain hour. Mm -hmm. And then I started watching things like Samurai Jack, Inuyasha. Um, and then they started uh, showing a little bit of Studio Ghibli movies. And I, that's the first time I watched Princess Mononoke, too. Wow. So mm -hmm. when you seen Sailor Moon, did you think that it was just a regular cartoon? Or did it? you already knew, like, this is something different than what I've been previously watching? It's definitely something different. You could tell in the artistry, which I really love uh, mm -hmm. about anime, is they pay attention to so much more detail um, than a lot of the American-made. And during my childhood, that's when Dexter's Laboratory and uh, um. all those... Um, Cartoons, Ch uh, was it Cow and Chicken? I think was the one. Yeah, that was <laughs> crazy. Yeah. Crazy shows were out, but they kind of lazed a bit on their artistry, given the funniness still like made up for it. Mm -hmm. But when I saw Sailor Moon, it delivered that old timey feel that I get with the the 2D games, um, in a more adventurous phase because it's not just oh Mario's going to pee or again. Uh, trying to save Peach. That's always the goal. With this, it's like they have to fight this bad guy, this bad guy, this bad guy. This one's really crazy, and this might take three episodes, like Dragon Ball Z. Or it's pretty much all of this is building up into one huge, like, blast ending, and it's like, wow, I this is so much more than what I've been seeing, and now I want to know more. So... You know, it's really interesting that you bring up that point because I've never thought of it that back when we were getting introduced to anime, anime, I think, was the first... Like, American cartoons didn't have sagas, but animes did. Mm -hmm. So you'd have 26 episodes of them trying to conquer bad guy A, but in American cartoons, every episode was something different. Mm -hmm. And then if they were connected, I don't know if you remember, but at the end of the episode, you'd get the 2B continued. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, but that was Pokemon for me actually, <laughs> and yeah. I hated that. <laughs> like all the time, which is which is funny because I never really thought of that. Like you can watch Dector, uh, wow, Dector. <laughs> <laughs> you can watch Dector's Laboratory, and episode one and episode two don't relate. But mm -hmm. if you watch anime, usually 
They all have a reason. Yeah, it's like they all, like maybe one and two don't relate, but three and four, then they start building towards something. Like, Mm -hmm. I never, I never really noticed that until you just brought that up. Um, On this same note, before I move further, are you a one episode person or do you watch a show or anime until it gets interesting? Ooh, that's interesting. Because <laughs> that's kind of how I treat my books. It, I let it go to like a couple pages and then I'm like, if this story isn't getting any like better, it's I'm Xing it out. And I've already Xed out at least three or four books because of that. So, Do you believe in the, the people who tell you to watch a show? And then they're like, you watch the first episode, it doesn't get you hooked. You go back to them and they go, oh, it doesn't get good to like the second season. Oh, Are you willing to go back and be like, all right, I'll push through this first season? Because me, honestly, if you don't hook me within that first episode, then I'm pretty much not going to be interested in the show. And I actually agree on your end because... For instance, The Witcher, that definitely got you yeah, like, hooked in the first true. round. It literally started off with, if I'm correct, him in a pond. If they went that fast forward, I might be wrong. I honestly, um, it's weird that you say that. I honestly don't remember the first It episode. might have said, I think, if I'm wrong, I'm sorry. Uh, I think it started oh, off with him in that pond. Yeah. And then that, and it was dark and gloomy. Yeah. So it created mystery, yeah. which is what I think everything should kind of like create. Because to be honest, everyone in this country and this world has had one or two curious moments in which they have to rubberneck about it, whether it's metaphorically speaking or physically speaking. Mm -hmm. And it makes them want to like jump more in it, more in. And a lot of these people understand that the curiosity is what they want to hook onto because it makes them go and binge. And then that's what you see people posting about on social media. Like, yeah, I stayed up all night and binge like 32 episodes. Those are people, those are what producers and sitcoms and things want to hear because that's what makes him bring out a second season and a third season and that's why Witcher's getting a second season <laughs> and I think a third season too okay. so I'm so excited for this I'm ready for some more mystery yeah okay <laughs> no but that's actually a really good point I never thought of that because like one of the ones I always get shit about is Attack on Titan but I watched the first episode and it was so completely depressing to me that I was like I don't want to watch this because it was like it was too much for me like just to I'm like if this is just episode one then you can already pace what the show's about so it's like if it's already depressing in episode one I don't see it having a very happy couple like next episodes so it just bothered the fuck out of me like I don't want to watch something that like makes me sad and then when I'm done watching it I'm like like I don't know I actually prefer the mister I'd rather be curious as shit after the episode, then like, oh god. <laughs> and it's kind like, of with a book series that I'm reading um, right now. Mercy Thompson. She pretty much the series started off with like, kind of like that. Hello, this is me, and this is my life of how I'm living. And then something crazy happened, mm-hmm. and it dealt with someone that the girl knew. So now she's got to jump in and help because that's her people. Oh, okay. Even though she's an outsider of that group, mm-hmm. so. Then she's, it turns into like a whole trip where it's like multiple people are involved into her life and it, um, a love triangle develops because it's someone from her past and then someone from her present pretty much going head to head to pretty much win her heart. And there are like crazy things that happen in between, like, um, and if the, it, this series started off this way, I wouldn't have even 
begun to read the book or the second book, but um, she had gotten raped in one of the books, oh. which had me like really like still for a minute. Like my whole mindset was still, and I was like, "Dang, do I want to continue?" I was like, "But it's over now, and now." the man that she chose in the end is going to help her with this and she's going to continue solving more mysteries because that's just the type of world that has been developed by the author so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to read on with more of that so okay um on on a topic adjacent i guess women in anime do you feel that there's enough women of color in anime or does it bother you that you don't see enough I think it bothers me sometimes when there's not enough. I feel like they can pretty much grade every color of the rainbow. But I know um, pretty much on the pale colors, really, really famous with a lot of Japanese cultures, Chinese Mm -hmm. cultures, um, a lot of, pretty much Asia in general. So I can understand how they're keeping with one. But I have seen some of the girls, uh, like I think Peach Girl is what it's called. Where the girl, I'm pretty sure she's, um, she's a light girl just like the rest, but she, uh, tans so well that she's like the darkest one in that whole, oh, uh, okay. uh, character base. So I'm like, mm-hmm. this is kind of cool. If they delve a little bit more into that, it might be cool. Uh, it might be kind of cooler and more different to watch when, like, picking out certain animes because. A lot of it, I know we shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but i that's one of the things that I kind of judge it by and what the synopsis will give. And then I'll start watching the episode, but if it doesn't kind of, if the story doesn't come out to me through the synopsis, then I'm like, yeah, I'll move on. This might not be that good, and I don't want to waste my time with yeah. it. As mean as that sounds, but I am a critic nonetheless when it comes to industries making things that people like me have the option to watch Mm. they also want to hear our feedback too that's the whole point yeah so so i think with that it's probably like because you bring up a good point maybe it's just like culturally it's more accepted you know for the the white skin and then you look at america which is kind of a melting pot and although america still whitewashes like a lot of fucking movies Mm -hmm. but you still see like uh black panther or Mm -hmm. you'll have a cast and usually one of them is black a lot of people, you know, point out that usually that black character is the first one to die because that's also something I don't know why that, that people kills just me. <laughs> yeah that people feel the need to do that. Um, I have to say the worst one I've, the worst murder I've ever seen in a movie to this day is Deep Blue Sea when <laughs> <laughs> you already know who I'm talking about when he got snatched from by that shark. Literally, the whole... It was just one of those quiet scenes, and I hate those quiet scenes in horror movies because that's when you know something's going to happen. You feel that hair standing up in the back of your neck, and all of a sudden, this little, pretty little pool, a shark just as big as life, I don't know how he even fit through the hole, came up and just yanked yeah. that, the doctor... And uh, sucked him back in. And everyone was just stock still. Even I was stock still. And I wasn't even standing in the scene. <laughs> I was like, did that seriously just happen? Yes, it did. Oh, here we go. Another one lost to the, <laughs> the fame of it. But that in that same movie, the black guy ended up surviving at the end. And it was Okuja. Yeah, he was a cook. Yeah. Which was interesting. That's two black people in the cast. Yeah. That's, that's a... But they uh, had to kill one of them, I guess. You know. But do you know who the first person to get eaten on the, the doctor? 
I don't know if it was Lawrence Fishburne or if it was Samuel L. Jackson. It was Samuel Jackson. Okay, thank you. Yeah. I wasn't sure, and I was like, I did want it's, to call it. <laughs> no, no, I, I can see some of the confusion because he had hair in the movie, and I'm uh, not used to him having hair. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so, true. like, his hair and his whole get-up, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Um, you mentioned this previously about art styles. Do you feel that the art style impacts the anime in general? Because also on the same side, no disrespect, I've seen you watch some animes, like, you have to watch this movie. And I'm like, yo, B, this is ugly as fuck. <laughs> and you're like, but it's so good. And I'm like, they are like disproportionate, like alien people that I'm watching. And you're like, it's just old, but I love it. So in that same aspect, do you feel the art style impacts the anime? Mm, I think sometimes, because like, I mean, with Studio Ghibli, the... Uh, Miyazaki puts chicken feet in everything he does. <laughs> and it's cute and funny yeah. because I'm like, oh, cute. The children are going to love this and be like, oh, look, they got chicken feet. Makes no <laughs> sense, but it's cute. But uh, then, I don't know, like, oh, I'm trying to think of a good anime where the, when they transform, it's amazing. I guess I could go back to Sailor Moon. It's always like they shroud her in darkness and then they mm-hmm. like light her up pretty much. And you see like pretty much her whole get up coming together and it almost creates like a shiny pretty thing mm-hmm. in the end. And then when she or when she's pretty much done transforming, it's like, cool, now she's going to go be the bad guys. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. But I don't know. I guess I would say yes, because I mean, if you're going through already all the work to just put this out and mm. kind of like show the world, wouldn't you think you want to put out your best work? Oh, I see. Because look how much money you're already putting into it. this. If you put out trash work, it's not going to come through as hard as you want it. Just like I've seen so many movies during this quarantine that, uh, for instance, like Onward, I think the way it ended was so shockingly sad, but it also was like, I felt like there was room to put more into it, honestly, mm-hmm. that they didn't do it. And it was also... Uh, Spoiler, I'm sorry, but <laughs> it was also agitating that the oldest son got to meet the dad in the end and uh, didn't meet the younger son, who was the whole point of getting this pretty much all together. So I was really sad about that, but I'm like, I mean, quarantine's kind of putting a lot of this, like, uh, it's, what's the best way of saying it? It's holding a lot of things back a lot of things not just people and their plans and their, uh I don't want to say the dreams the dreams can go through each and every way whether there's a huge pandemic or not as long mm-hmm. as you persevere and keep yourself safe uh you get to keep pushing through but it's holding a lot of like creativity in some way back and I don't I'm not a fan of that that's why I'm like the sooner this is over I think the more that this world will start kind of flourishing again aside from economy but i think everyone mentally will feel better because that Mm -hmm. might be why it's uh creating creative fogs for a lot of people's mind right now or feeling that they have anxiety where they have to like finish and hurry up because their deadline is like right there right there because the everything that's going on it's like oh well we want to push this out because our company's in trouble trouble because of covid and it just makes oh, okay. me... I see what you mean now. Yeah. I know. I, I felt like I'm going in a circle. No, but... <laughs> no, no. Like, I completely understood. But the way you brought it back to, like, them just... We have to put this out. We can't wait because, you know, we need the money now. And mm-hmm. that kind of crisis, uh, that crisis thinking 
is yeah, it could actually help and hurt a lot of companies. Mm-hmm. Um, one <laughs> another topic which I found completely interesting about you is uh, let's talk about K-pop and Korean travel. Oh, joy! So, <laughs> so you you have to let me know how. So okay, so I'll give you, I'll give you um, I guess like a little snippet about me. I was, I met a girl in college. Mm-hmm who was super awesome, super cool. We became really cool friends. And she told me she would dance. She would actually do, like, these choreographed dance and, you know, choreograph like, for... Not studios, but her and her friends would do choreographed dances. Mm -hmm. And when you say, like, I dance, I automatically think, like, either Spanish music or hip-hop music. Right. You know, boom. So she was like, no, I I listen to K-pop. And I was like... Uh, what what is K-pop? And they were like, oh, K-pop is like Korean pop music. And I was like, oh, okay. And then she showed me some of the stuff about it. And literally, she she laughed at me because one of the songs got stuck in my head that she showed me. <laughs> and I literally went to her the next day and I was like, that, that fucking song with all those weird looking dudes is now stuck in my fucking head. <laughs> so that was my little exposure mm-hmm. to, to K-pop was through that person. How did you get into K-pop? And you're actually a fan of it. Like, you, you avidly, like, listen to it, you know, like, when albums release and get excited about album releases. as me. I just know it as a genre of music. Mm-hmm. So how did you get into it? Um, my, <laughs> right after I moved out of my parents' house, a new place that I ended up moving to, um, I was without a job for a little bit. And uh, during those times where I try to keep myself busy, usually I'm looking for new music. So I'm always looking for something that's a lot different than what everyone else is kind of listening to because you start to notice in a lot of music, it starts kind of like um, recycling. Okay, The beat starts recycling. And I started getting bored with it and I changed genres up and then I listened to that for a little bit and then I feel the cycle repeating itself. So I tried to take myself completely out of uh, the context. And so when I was searching down um the top like i think 100 lists for um google plays i saw uh, goodness i couldn't even remember what number it was or what number they were on the charts i think they were like 40s somewhere in the 40s um it had been dna by bts and i was like hmm this is different i was like let's listen to it and when i heard it it was the sound was definitely so different and it hooked me on it like the first bit because it was like this is gonna sound weird but (laughs) it was like a come here kind of tune because it was like a whistling and it's like cool what is this gonna form into is the beat gonna drop what's going to happen are they gonna spit out words right during the whistling like how's this gonna go okay and as i listened to the song it would at the end of it i was like wow for me being a really sensitive person with listening to music, this was very intricately done in an excellent way that I haven't seen anyone else do. And I couldn't even understand what in the world they were saying. (laughs) And I looked up the lyrics later and I was like, this is really cool. I was like, what else do they have? And so I started looking into BTS's whole, like from start to like current Mm -hmm. stuff and i was like 
this is amazing, this is amazing, this is amazing. And then before I knew it, I started listening to it. I was like, this is amazing music. I was like, is there a world? Is there a world like this? <laughs> Hold on. I got to look into this now. And I found so many artists that sung very similar to them. And it's funny because as I was like delving more and more into K-pop, I realized it's not just K-pop. There's K-R-B there. I'm pretty sure there's K-Rock. I haven't delved into that. But K-R-B definitely got to be. Um, um, and that's how I found artists like Jay Park. That's how I found artists like, um, uh, I think his name is Chengmo was another one. And um, oh, goodness. What? There's many other artists that I ended up finding. But when I found BTS, I was like, this is really cool. And they started blowing up more and more and more. And I was like, oh, I could be one of those people that'd be like, yeah, I listened to them before they got famous. <laughs> 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 and they, uh, as they blew up and went out, I, was, I started reading a little bit into their story and they got a lot of backlash as they were growing into popularity. They had people that were coming at them saying they were plagiarizing. There were a lot of people. Um, they have a podcast like what is it the is it like the morning show or the breakfast breakfast something is it, with uh, uh charlamagne and all that oh breakfast club yes um they have a sh- podcast slash morning show like that um in korea that gave a major backlash in which i think everyone was watching so then they gave them and the anti uh people were pretty much giving them backlash and they went through a lot of like heartbreak and whatnot and for them were having to work so hard because the industries are so cutthroat um for them to finally get to this i as a listener was really proud of their come up because they're one of those people that went through a lot of shit to get to where they are and now they're blooming amazingly people are begging for them to be on their shows for uh I they made a movie about their concert. I wouldn't be surprised if like later on they're in some sort of mu- movie and whatnot because people are still wanting to listen to their music. It's still it will chop the top of the charts now, and it's so dope to me because I'm like, this is amazing. What is their music going to kind of form into, and how many more American artists are they going to keep sucking into their music mm. for others to keep listening to them? So it was a really nice change of pace and. I really, really like listening to it, honestly, because they do such a good job when they make it. Just like if you ever watch any Korean movies or any uh, Chinese or Taiwanese dramas, they really do a good job the way they form like the emotion in it that I think uh, America kind of slacks on. Mm. Because from people, what overseas they say about us is that we're really forward in love. Even, like, among Hispanics, they say that you guys are really, like, passionate and whatnot. And it's, like, to them, it's, like, we're not used to that because we live a very innocent lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Like, everything with love is very innocent because we don't want to be flagged as, I guess, to put it blatantly, a whore. And Mm -hmm. whereas in our culture, like, that word's not so easily obtained Mm-hmm. That we really have to like do the worst of the worst <laughs> to pretty much be called yeah. that, mm-hmm. uh, and so it's so interesting seeing like the dramas because to me it's like it develops that cute teenage love of how it used to be before it like develops into like 
all right, now we have to start thinking about marriage because now you've met my parents. Like, are we having kids? Fast forwards to that. Mm -hmm. But I think the development is really done well versus like just jumping into it. What I see at a lot of these sitcoms uh, these days over here. Mm. Okay. Um, Going to Korea, like if tomorrow you were to land in Korea, what is one of the first things you would want to do? Uh, cry first, but <laughs> Jesus. Um, I'd probably go to Seoul. No lie, I'd probably see what that's pretty much all about. Um, I really would like to see a lot of the intricate foods because I've seen a lot of dramas. They make really pretty like things like sushi and melting pots, and they even got those like really cool outdoor Korean barbecues. I really want to sit in for one of those tents, mm-hmm. but um, that and that's definitely something I will do in the future. I do plan on going there because. Uh, what I've realized here is they do no meet and greets for any of the K-pop members because the fans are so crazy. And don't get me wrong, they're crazy over there too, but I don't know, maybe somewhat more civilized, but they do meet and greets over there. And I'd like to meet some of the people that I've listened to for that long that I'm paying this much money to uh, put a ticket and fly for so many hours and finally get to meet. It's like... I think it'd be all worth it, no matter what age I am. So, mm-hmm. it'll be worth it. Okay. So, they don't really do meet and greets in America? No, they don't. I've noticed that with BTS, they don't have... I, could you imagine, though, as crazy as the fan base is, uh, how, how much people would try to buy the VIP tickets? Oh, yeah. And then you've got, like, 57 women standing in there, and they're like oh my gosh, I want to just hold his hand. Let me just ask him a question. Will he pat my head? Like I've seen on so many YouTube videos. Can I give him gifts? And then in the end, it's like, they're already worn out. Mm -hmm. And then to pretty much get in their face, it's like, okay, uh, I'm getting... I don't don't want to see them faint any more than I already have (laughs) on their uh, YouTube videos. It's really sad. They work... The industry's really worked them to death. Oh, yeah. And I've seen like... Certain members get put on, like, respirators, and they're, like, lying down flat, sweating profusely. I'm like, I know there's been a lot of artists, like, in America that have went through that. But I'm like, to see that, and they're already, like, so, like, thin, because a lot of K-pop members, they want them to be that certain stick weight. And it's like, how much nourishment are they actually getting that they're over here fainting on stage? Are they getting enough water? Like, are we putting comp- compresses? Are, are they giving enough kind of break time in between shows they're not like send them out like it's the flipping victoria's secret runway show and it's like okay you got a five seconds to get dressed and we're gonna do your hair on this crazy do and then send you out like woo, there you go (laughs) i have so much remorse though for a lot of those industries and i hope somehow some way that they kind of get better on when they're treat how they're treating their members because right now it's just to me it's not good that's not healthy and that's not human, honestly, how they're being treated. Your pharmacy goal. <laughs> what What made you pretty much choose that? Like, why pharmacy? I mean, who doesn't want to be a legal drug dealer and get to say it and not get arrested? I really want to say that. That would be funny. But um, honestly, the job that we ended up... Uh, kind of like push that because the way when I went into my interview the way they were kind of selling it at first with just like being a pharmacy tech I'm like that sounds pretty cool I was like I could use packing as like the bottom grade mm-hmm. and then we'll jump up 
But wait. If I just jump two steps, I just chill there. That seems boring. They already told me what the dollar amount was between this and this. And that's not that much. Why don't I go all the way? So when they started giving me tours and went out, I'm like, there it is. There's the all the way. And they're not doing much. I mean, they're, they're using the brains. Don't get me wrong. But they're not doing much physically. Uh, there's my <laughs> there's my goal right here. And I would see pharmac- pharmacists that were working in a cage. And I'm like, look at that. Hmm. I wonder how crazy the medications are that they have to encase them around that. <laughs> it must be some high dollar amounts. They got to be earning top dollar in that thing. That's the goal right there. So in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting in that cage. And I understood that there are pharmacy techs that like earn like years of trust to be getting in there are uh, working among with the pharmacists. But I definitely I think it's just cool because I've already seen like there's one very happy pharmacist that's just happy every single day. And it it, (laughs) I guess it just surprises me because I'm like, you're doing the same routine, routine, routine. And now like the atmosphere kind of calls where you it's like, yeah, you can talk with people. But it's like the routine kind of builds up and I'm like, this gets a little boring. But I was like, this might be it. This might be my setup pretty much because they offer the option to work from home. And I've never had a job where they uh, offer the option to work at home without it being like a strenuous like get there pretty much. And don't get me wrong, the pharmacist's journey is a strenuous get there. But for me to acquire a better the fact that I can even get a house or if I need to get a car or just the fact that I can then make so much money that it's like I don't have to worry about like pinching I think that's Mm -hmm. that comfortable state that's where I really want to be plus I've kind of learned as I'm studying things that how it's ailed people I know between like like I have someone who has high blood pressure and I realize if they take this certain medication, it produces like things like dry coughs. And it'd be something that I'd always be like, hey, uh, when I'd see them, I'd be like, hey, you're coughing. Are you okay? Are you sick? And it's like, it's just, it's just a random tickle in my throat. And I'm like, that's interesting. I was like, well, should that be something I worry about? But it was something I delved in today. And I'm like, people who take high blood pressure medicine, um, develop a dry cough and it's like spontaneous pretty much and I'm like mm. that's interesting so now I'm developing more of an interest and in kind of straying a little bit more from like how this financially will help me this is now more of an interest because it's like okay these are now the things I can kind of like gather information on and maybe it might be something that I like educate someone on if they're trying to figure out why they're going through this because of the medicine that they're taking because I've had many people tell me stories of like, yeah, I was on this medicine, then developed this, and we don't know why, but I assume it's the medicine, so I told the doctor, and they took me off of this. And I'm like, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. Why did it develop this way? What do you have that's maybe mixing or um, antagonizing the medication to give you the side effect? So now it's more of an interest now, so... Now it's gone from the funny to the financial, and now it's serious. I'm going in stages. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going in. Stages. I'm going in stages. <laughs> if if you do, you feel that getting hired in to the House of Evolution kind of was like a sign 
that you should become a pharmacist or do you feel that if you would have got hired something like somewhere else you would have chose a different uh, vocation for lack of a better term hmm that's a really good question um I think I always knew I was going to somehow get sucked into the medical just because most, um, seems like most society thinks that if they get in the medical field, they're set for life. That's why you see so many nurses, so many SDNAs, Mm -hmm. so many, um, I forgot what the LPN means, the LPNs. Mm -hmm. And, uh, so a lot of people think that that's like where the security is because they know that that's never going to be a job that fails, ever. Just like mm-hmm. I think people who make books, that's going to be something that never fails. Because even if the world may never produce any more paperbacks or hardcovers, you'll still have something that goes on a Kindle. You'll still have something that goes mm-hmm. in, where you can look it up in an audiobook. So your story will still be told. And there's a lot of professions like that. People don't notice too much. Um, but they shoot for like the the craziest of the crazy, aside from medical, the craziest of the crazy, like like engineering, and then all of a sudden they find themselves like I talked to a uh, academic advisor, and she told me her husband moved from here to here to here to here to here, and I'm like, that's what it took to be an engineer, and you're still moving, and you can't even still live with your family. Why can't mm-hmm. you be a part of a profession where you kind of like stick close or have the option to stick close? To the family and still boom. But I know that's just the way that economy kind of moves itself. It depends where the hot spots are. Okay. So, and I understand it. It's where the booming cities, that's where you get your most um, activity with a lot of businesses that want to go there because they know they're going to get the most people from there in that particular state or country. Okay. Nice. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you actually found what you, you know, want to do, though. A lot of people don't. It takes them a while, and I was a bit afraid of that, because I'm I'm in my late 20s, and I'm like, ooh, you start figuring this out. If you don't figure it out by 30, that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> um, on another note, let's talk about your spooky hobby. You, you like ghost stories and shit like that. Oh, Listen to yes. those podcasts. Now, because we had a small conversation about a certain light going off, if you're that type of person... <laughs> Why, why is it the mystery of the ghost stories? Or if you tend to be, say, for instance, if you're a person who is afraid of the dark, why are you listening to ghost stories? Kind of thing like that, you know? Mm, yeah. I'll say this but openly. I am afraid of dark and I will tell you why. <laughs> <laughs> and the story he's referring to is, what is it? It was a light just randomly kind of going out. And I knew it was the fuse. The switch needs to be looked at in our place but <laughs> because of covid yet again here are the things i'm telling you about the what's holding back it kind of keeps uh things being put on the back burner from a mechanic coming over so we kind of have to like work with it pretty much so but probably before the end of this covid i'll probably be duct taping that switch sooner or later but uh it was it randomly went off on me and i was like ooh, that's spooky i don't like this i'm by myself I'm like (laughs) and my brain will uh, switch on and then all of a sudden I'm starting to manifest mentally these things that it's like all of a sudden something will creak or the house will like settle itself and then I'll hear it and my my brain will manifest something else and it's like okay this is what over 
overactive brain activity is like, <laughs> and I don't like it. But as far as how I'm a scaredy cat and yet I can listen to that, it's definitely got to be the mystery. That's the only way I can tell it because they'll, for example, um, they have this show called Celebrity Ghost Stories, and it's cool how they introduce. They'll give you like the small preview, like every every show gives uh, in America, and it'll kind of draw you in with that, like the worst part of it. Like um, this star came, woke up to the sound of a picture frame banging against the wall, and it was they would perform the whole uh, reenactment of their story as the person sitting in the chair and telling it. Mm. And when the they would have the actor playing that person telling the story come out and they'd see the frame up and down bang. And I'd, I saw that and I was like, this looks really cool. I was like, let me go and watch it. So then I got hooked really hard on Celebrity Ghost Stories because it was like that mystery was so, I don't know, dark. But it kept like, I don't know, it gave me that if you were like a boy scout sitting around the fire and you had to camp out that evening you're sitting around telling ghost stories it gave me that feel honestly and so that's why i would continue watching them and then even uh, my sister got hooked to it so it was really funny me and her would sit there and watch it and watch it and then get spooked by it and then be like oh wow during a commercial we go and get food we're like yo that was crazy how that happened (laughs) it's like it created super conversation but it goes even between beyond that. I'll watch things like uh, The Conjuring or the I think it was a Haunting in Connecticut. There were like a lot of like cool ghost mystery things that I was always like into, and it was just because it provided that perfect mystery that created curiosity. And as the saying goes, curiosity kills the cat. <laughs> but satisfaction brought it back. <laughs> <laughs> So you read, you're an avid reader, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's um, on an audio book, listening to it, you have a bookshelf I can see in Eyes View now, you just recently, I believe, bought another book or picked up another book. What, now, were you always a reader, I should say, or did you kind of like, we're going through life and you're like, oh, I always heard that I should read more books, so I'm just going to start reading books, or was this something you've just always been doing? Um, It's started off as like again a curiosity i must be a very curious person now that i think about it <laughs> started off with a curiosity uh it was i remember it was me my grandpa and my sister went to like walmart and they had just came out with the last installment of um the twilight series and i'm like i hear about this series boom and i was like i wonder how it'd be so i got the last in the first book just in case the last one sold out and i couldn't get that by the time i got to the end of the series and I remember after I read the first book, I ended up walking to Walmart, which was a good like hour and a half walk, <laughs> to go and grab the second book, in which when I got home, I started crying from it, because everybody knows about the whole split between Bella and Edward. So mm-hmm. after I read that, um, I remember taking it to school, and my classmate saw it, and she's like, if you like that, why don't you try these other series? And I think that was the first time I ever got introduced to like more of that like paranormal romance Mm-hmm. Um, style books which I didn't even know my friend kind of tricked me into it I remember reading it during like a study hall and then I like happened upon a like intimate scene and I was like oh I didn't expect this this is embarrassing 
is there someone behind me that can read this over my shoulder? <laughs> I was like, then they're going to think I'm a pervert, and I'm not. <laughs> I was like, I w- this wasn't even my fault. And then when I saw my friend, I yelled at her. I was like, why didn't you tell me this was happening? She just gave me that sly look like, it was nice, wasn't it? <laughs> what you formed in your head, how the guy looks. And I'm like, shut up, and walked away. <laughs> Now, I see the I see the allure of that. Like some of the um not I guess maybe allure is like the wrong word, but I see the interest cuz like I tend to watch shows like on Netflix if they're like TVMA and not just because like I might see a titty or two, but more <laughs> so, but honestly it's more so because I feel like it's in a raw form. So yeah. like I get to see like the more, I guess, realistic take on stuff that happens. Because, like, if you watch, say, for instance, a show that's rated, um, maybe, um, I forgot what the TV ratings are, but it's, like, TV something. Like, TV 14. 14 or 17? Wait, no. No, I I believe it's... Is it 14? I think it is 14. Okay. That's their PG-13, but on TV type thing. Gotcha. So, it'd be, like, TV 14. If you see someone get shot in the head... On a TV 14, they might not even show it. They might show it, like, outside the window or a muzzle flash or something like that. And I've used this example before, but even if they do, you'll probably see, like, a round dot on their forehead. And then, like, a little leak of blood and then that person falls. That's Mm -hmm. their way of doing it. But if you see it on a TV MA, this dude's head might just come the fuck off. Mm -hmm. And not that I'm, like, a huge gore fan, but there's shit that I think that is presented when you have kind of, like, no rules in a sense, with a TVMA. So I assume that's kind of like, to put it bluntly, I assume that's the allure of reading books that kind of have like that erotic edge to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of because it's like in a raw form. Because to be blunt, I assume, well, there are some, but I assume people don't just go and read these books that you're into just because people fuck in them. Like, no, I assume. No, no, no. You know, because then that would be more of, like, actual, like, written porn. And there's that's a whole nother genre. Yeah. So I assume that those people kind of feel the same. Like, it doesn't... It's not completely about that shit. Mm-hmm. But I guess having it in there makes it different than the other genres while adding, like, a realer feel. Would you agree or... I think that's where uh, the term you were using before, allure, that's where it definitely kind of gives it allure. Because, like, everyone likes that classic, like the prince says the princess and that's kind of what the books i read are like but in a raw term it's basically this girl's living this boring like no like there's no ending to it unless she ends it herself and then or even it'll be something where it's like she lives a she's a boring girl of a group of friends who are all fun and she doesn't get out much because she's a workaholic and then she gets brought to this club by her friends because, like, sh- her friends feel that she needs this time out. And when she goes into this, she's, she'll go and get maybe intoxicated. Or she won't even get that intoxicated. Her friends will. And they'll leave the club and they'll see something heinous go on. But her friends are so intoxicated that they didn't, they didn't see it going on. But they saw the guy uh, fighting a bunch of, like, bad people. And it's like, she wasn't supposed to see that. But she mm-hmm. did end up seeing it. And then the guy sees her get on the phone, call 911, while looking dead at the scene of all the bloodshed. And he has to go and, like, rip the phone from him and then, like, disappears after that. Or maybe she faints right there. And there's a bad guy that's loose and comes and gets her. Uh, but he goes and slays the last minute and then leaves her off in, like, a safe place or at the mm-hmm. police station. Well, okay. 
And she'll wake up and be like, what happened? And then as she's going through her daily life, the scenes will pop up and be like, oh my gosh, this is crazy. And then the, you'll find like the guy was watching her and it's like, I wanted to make sure you didn't tell the police anything crazy. And then she's put on some sort of high alert where she's being hunted by the bad guy and he's got to keep her safe in like the mm. compound he lives in. So, and then from there, the love blooms and then they all, it's like a happily ever after, but there's going to be bloodshed to get to that last part. Mm. So it's a lot of action in it, which okay. I love. And then there's a lot of like romance. So it's a good balance of it. Mm. And it's my two favorite things. So no, but my thing is that you're obviously not the only person that is interested in the genre because they keep selling these books. And like you said, the, the producers and the creators see that. So they keep making sequels. So why be embarrassed about it? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. that I feel, even with certain animes where they do so much crazy, like, what is it called again? Oh, the fan service? Yeah, the fan service. The storyline is so awesome, but then they have to have, like, some sort of, like, skirt flip moment. And I'm like, I'm a girl watching this. Again, okay. we go back to the, I'm a pervert. <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I've had coworkers pass behind me, and they're like, is that hentai? And I'm like... I'm having one of those, like, face rub, like, temple, like, rubbing moments. Like, no, you illiterate. <laughs> like, go away. You don't understand this, so don't even try and guess it unless you know what I'm actually watching. Hmm. So it's kind of the same with, like, the books. Like, I don't want to tell people that I, like, read romance novels because they're going to think I'm, like, a Fifty Shades of Grey kind of girl. And I think that, honestly, is way too intense for my taste. I The whole whips and chains mess is, like, <laughs> awkward that... I think it's demeaning. It's I'm I get kind of the slight allure with it, like letting a man like take charge pretty much, like be dominant to that that extent women find that alluring. But when you have to start in kind of bringing in torture devices, that's where it gets really awkward and it's like, why are we finding that hot to begin with? Because we weren't love isn't meant to be somehow a torture it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be something that's like i guess it's erotic so it's like um as my face is getting hot as i'm talking about (laughs) this i'm sorry (laughs) i'm I'm seeing you like connect the visa and i'm here with it like i'm listening to what you're saying well you're like turning in your seat like basically like i completely understand what you're saying and i i not I, I agree with you on that point. But, like, my, my, I find it interesting that you would say to people, I watched The Witcher and mm-hmm. I loved it. But people aren't assuming, oh, she's watching The Witcher because they fuck in that show. There's a lot of sex scenes in that show. Yeah. But people are not like, Leah's only watching The Witcher because of the sex scenes. No. But the same thing goes for your books. I'm pretty sure your books have a lot more action and intense scenes than they do, like, any erotic scenes or fucking or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was, like, kind of asking, so why why the embarrassment? Like, you could bluntly say, I love The Witcher, and we can talk about it in front of, like, strangers. Mm-hmm. But if it's like, oh, what book are you reading? You're like, oh, nothing. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. It's like... Maybe because I'm still innocent inside, but I have, like, a dirty little secret. This is it. It's just... It's not normal to other people, but it's normal to me because 
it's fascinating because it's like it's cool because it's like you're seeing other like communities of different type of people which is kind of like us it's a community of different type of people oh, I see. so i'm interested in learning about other ethnicities aside from the common ones that i end up seeing here okay. and with a lot of these books like the mercy thompson series it's more than just vampires and werewolves and we're getting a little buffet i'm pretty sure we're going to be getting it into like demon races and whatnot as bad guys so it's going to be interesting about that but it's like there presents more of a chance for more books and more TV shows like that to mm-hmm. be made when you're presenting different kinds of like classes of monsters and okay. and I think even that's what anime really prides on too because I see that with um, One Punch Man I've mm-hmm. seen that with I've seen it with My Hero um, I've seen it with we um, no but Demon Slayer really keeps the same it's all one one person but. I feel like the per- the way the person works and fights changes up, which, like, when Punch Man, it, the person changes up their attack game, which makes it more interesting because it's like, ooh, what do they do? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, like, with my book series and even the erotic series, it's like it, de- it presents a lot of different ca- uh, classes, so there's chances for, like, uh, interracials pretty much getting together for people, like with a Romeo and Juliet style where it's like two families that hate each other two classes of uh, different races that hate each other mm. are going to be it's like the first time someone's ever going to get together and I guess that kind of relates on my relationship because I'm a mixed person of like three different classes of races that's with a Puerto Rican and you don't really see that too much honestly I don't see too many interracial relationships honestly and especially ones that stay together for so Hmm. long really yeah i see ones that are maybe like a fling or it's something of like a high school romance which is short so i think that's what the my style of love of reading is it reflects a lot on my own relationship Hmm. and that's what keeps me like wanting to read on because i think the the author has created something special that I can relate to because I think my relationship is special. Oh, okay. That's a nice way to rub it around. I like that. I'm going to write that one down. Yeah. Shh. No. And everyone else listening. Shh. <laughs> so, on another topic, you went to the gun range to prepare for the war on Rona. No. I can't even drink anything because you keep going. Yes, I went to the gun range. That was a really fun experience. Very fun. So, as... Because, of course, I've been to the gun range before. Not a huge fan of guns. Mm -hmm. But I went with your boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And I went and I fired. And it was pretty cool. But it was nothing like... I don't know. It was like... At the end, I was like, oh, that was dope. But it wasn't as dope as the class of weapon you prefer. I I guess. It was more so like I I didn't... Like, it was cool, but I didn't get it. Uh, so it'd be like if I went outside like right now and played basketball with your neighbors. Like I could have a pretty chill time, but am I like I love this game and like balling the fuck out? No, it's like so I get like I'll get why they do this and why they think it's fun, mm-hmm. but then I'm like no, I I mean like it's cool, but it's just it wasn't it won't be something I actively go out and do. Right. Now I do think if it was an outside range, I would have had more fun where it's just like, you know, Say, for instance, me and, of course, your boyfriend that has, you know, a lot of toys, for lack of a better term. 
and we were on the outside range and we could just kind of like have fun, chill, and then fire as we wanted. While in the inside range, I had a handgun and it was like every three seconds I could fire. And, you know, it was just like me and six strangers and it was just... Like I said, there wasn't. I I didn't see the uh, the excitement factor of it. I think like, it's because to you everything felt more restricted. Whereas if you go to an open range, it's less restricted. I would assume. Yeah. So, uh, good thing that you say that. I'll remind myself to invite you when we go out to there. <laughs> <laughs> you can get an aspect on both sides. Yeah. Of that. But um, yeah, I would agree, especially because of the gorgeous little mark I get to live with forever on the side of my face <laughs> for going to an indoor uh, range. But um. I had an incident where I had shot a AR-15, and I was wearing safety glasses before anyone who is a gun lover will hit me with the safety of that. And uh, <laughs> I had glasses on, and the bullet literally shot out of the gun, hit the wall, and ricocheted right into the slit of my glasses on the side and burned my temple. And mm. now that I have this... Well, it looks like a beauty mark, but it's actually a scar because it burned me bad. And mm. <laughs> it was so bad that I had to put um, Neosporin and I don't think I put a Band-Aid on the side of my face because that was a little silly. But, <laughs> I mean, it burned that bad. But oh, And it was the bullet casing. Yes, that was bullet case. Sorry. <laughs> no, because I don't want people to think like, yo, she got shot in the head and she's talking on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm summoning demons as my <laughs> guests. <laughs> Be, oh, I could see the reactions already. They'd be like, are you sure you want to do this as a normal? I don't think so. Now, that's similar. I had a similar instance my first time going to the gun range. And that was uh, I fired the bullet out of his handgun. I forgot which one it was. But I fired it and the bullet shell flew towards my face. And, of course, I had the safety goggles. And it hit the tip of my nose. Mm-hmm. But it was so fucking hot that I kept touching my face because I swore my nose was bleeding. Mm-hmm. So like I, as soon as it did it, I, th- I don't even think I felt it till I fired the next bullet. And then once I felt it, I immediately put the gun down away from me, of course. Mm-hmm. And then I took like six steps back and I kept touching my face. And your boyfriend was like, uh, what, what, what the fuck's wrong? And I'm like, yo, am I bleeding? And he's like, no. Like, what do you think? And I was like, one of the casings fucking hit me in the nose. He's like, oh, dude, they're hot as fuck. You have to be thinking. And I'm like, yeah, but I couldn't. I think I like maybe went after two more rounds and or uh, two more magazines, I should say. Mm-hmm. So he ended up emptying two while I was still sitting there because like the tip of my nose was literally on fucking fire. Yeah, I and I could sit there and like. So it I gave it I, that like like that feeling pretty much like eggs on a skillet. That's yeah. what I felt like. It was eggs on a skillet, and I realized. The side of my temple wasn't the first time I actually got hurt at the gun range. The first time I went, I actually burned a sex, uh, very small spot on my arm. And I'm like, now I'm sitting here hearing your story and I'm realizing. I was like, I've gotten hurt both times that I went to the gun range. That's <laughs> not good. I was like, maybe there's something. I don't know if I just need to wear better clothing or I I really don't have. <laughs> I don't suggest you wear a ski mask. And <laughs> I mean, it's going to come to that point if I don't find the right They're glasses. They're going to be like, ma'am, are you here to fire or fire upon us? <laughs> Could you yeah, tell? right. Could you imagine the whole store just come out with their guns and, yeah. this is a stick up on you. <laughs> but no, maybe it is. Maybe it's the confinement of it. Because I think, I, so. think, I think the, uh, I do think the casing may have bounced off of something and hit me in the nose as well. Mm-hmm. And yours getting hit between, uh, getting lodged between your face and the actual glasses, like that's pr- pr- 
pretty fucking unusual, but I definitely can see how that happened. Yeah. Like, it, definitely can that's see That's why, that I, the way I explained it, I was like, this is the only way it could have possibly happened. It was if ricocheted off the wall and just went and yeah. zipped itself right in. I mean, hey, people go through worse. Some people were bitten by mice in the ankle. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about that. <laughs> no. The, bu- <laughs> the buffoonery of that. All right. Gosh. Um, I think we're the couple of freak accidents. <laughs> <laughs> that might be true. <laughs> That might actually be true. I might have to fucking agree with you on that. Um, another interesting question I want to ask you. What is the most bizarre thing that's happened to you? Oh my gosh. I had to think for this one. Like so, so to give you, I'll give you mine. And this is just off the top of my head. So I find it, and bizarre I guess is just a wide word. So it doesn't have to necessarily mean like with the supernatural, but... With mine, I found that whenever I'm in times of, I guess, distress, mm-hmm. or I'm being negative, like, I can't believe I'm doing... Like, say, for instance, working at, like, the House of Evolution, mm-hmm. and I'm doing a job, or somebody pisses me off, and I'm like, man, I feel like my potential is better than this. What am I doing? Like, is this really all I'm capable of? I happen to look at the clock in these times of doubt. Uh-huh. I look at the clock, and the 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 time... I was going to say the number on the clock. Jesus. The time would be 444. And 444, if you Google it, apparently that means that your destiny is kind of like like how you feel is the right way. And you're, basically your dreams are the way you should go. Mm-hmm. So that's like a bizarre thing that happens to me. Or literally like I'll wake up and this happens like weekly, no lie. Or I should say daily now. Is that, you know, we have to wake up at like 4 in the morning to get to work at 6 type of thing. So, I wake up at 4.50, or my alarm goes off at 4.55 every morning that we work. Mm -hmm. And usually sometime during the night, I'll wake up and think I'm late. And when I look at the clock, it's 4.44. Like, constantly. Interesting. So, that would be like my bizarre thing that happens to me. Uh, Well, that would be honestly the most bizarre thing that's happened to me probably my whole life would be that and it's occurring as we speak hmm wow i don't i honestly don't have anything that bizarre honestly (laughs) um wow you're like i don't have anything one day i was attacked by a giant rooster like what the fuck (laughs) no 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 um i don't know if jeez i don't know if i can honestly say anything that's like bizarre i got scary moments but oh that could work too I mean, I guess there was this one time that uh, we had, when I was like, I guess in high school, my sister was still in like junior high when I, uh, we used to set up the tent in the back and we know we were going to wake up sweltering because this is summer we're talking about. By the mm-hmm. time we wake up, it's already like somewhat around high noon and there was one night that we uh, had slept in the tent, and I was the only one up at that time. And there, what was it? I, w- I was hearing my sister and her friend just sleeping along, and I'm like, oh, let me go beep up on my phone, or maybe I'll read. And it was just nice because it was quiet. We have a highway that's near uh, my parents' house, and even that was like every car, like every now and again, would pass down. But then there was a point where I actually started hearing footsteps. And there had been times where we had stayed in the tent and it had been, like, my friend or her... I think there was a time where, her, like, her dad came and, like, scared us all. 
Uh, but it was good, uh, jolly fun, so I didn't think much of it. But this time was really bizarre just because I'm like, I was put in a situation where I was like, I'm unsure as a kid how to protect these two. And so I just really just stayed quiet, technically, and as still as I possibly could. And I was praying. I was like, just pass. Don't look at any or don't try to look in here. Just pass. And I heard the footsteps and then uh, it stopped for a minute. And then I heard the footsteps going away. And once I heard them like far enough away, I'm like, I started breathing again. And I was like, okay, I think everything is okay. Okay, we're good, we're good, we're good. And so after that, I just shut the light out. But I still was like really vigilant on hearing things and whatnot. Because I'm like, in that moment, I think a person had crossed the highway Mm. and went through our backyard and was like pawing around like what is this because even in the winter time i've seen footprints in the backyard and i'm like that's not cool because that's options of us getting broken into mm. and there's been chance or there's been um there was one time that we got broken into but luckily my dad was just coming downstairs and my dad is a scary being when you see him on first contact uh for some people and uh the person came in through our french doors and he only got as far as the table. And uh, my dad was coming down and was like, what are you doing down here? And the dude, about face, went right back out the door. Wow. So that was the closest, um, like, crazy moment that I've had, uh, which actually made me sum up on another one. The second round, which I saved my own life because I would have died at a very young age for this. But uh, we had one of those little index pools that were, like, three foot, three and a half foot. Mm-hmm. And um, it was me and my... Uh, very first two best friends um all playing and they were wrestling on this tanning mat my mom had on uh on the surface of the pool and I was just dipping underneath going back and forth I hadn't realized as I was swimming underneath that the tanning flow had followed me so as uh when I tried to bob up they were right above me and I was like fuck these are two hefty white boys (laughs) wrestling like they could both be on the wrestling team and I'm like, shit. And I started, like, pawing. And I'm like, maybe they'll notice by me beating on this thing. And they didn't notice. So I was starting to lose air. So I started panicking. And I think this is where the point where it's like, if they, with things, when they go to shit, people do crazy things in that moment to save their own life. So in that moment, my crazy moment was I pretty much rounded out right to the bottom and then with my heart is zipped up and pushed them both off. Oh. And I freaked out and was like, do you understand? I was drowning under oh, that pool. Shit. I was coughing water. They're like, oh my God, are you all right? I'm sorry. My mom came out. She's like, are you all right? And I'm like, coughing currently. <laughs> but <laughs> Coughing currently. I think that's when I realized I was like, I could be a strong person when put under like mm-hmm. that right amount of pressure. That's why I'm like. I'm a very non-confrontational person, but I think in the right light, I think I'll be an awesome fighter because it's going to be a lot of, <laughs> it's going to be a lot of years of anger that are going to come down on <laughs> that one person, I personally Jesus. think. So uh, I'm sorry to the person I end up fighting in the end, but <laughs> don't mess with me next time. <laughs> so I have one very last and big question. Explain to me your dream life. Oh, oh my gosh. Um... Now, and I and when I say explain it, I mean like you're waking up in your dream life. So tell me you what so it starts off with you waking up. Mm, I'm waking up in my comfy abode. 
Yeah, comfy abode. With a neighborhood that is much like my parents, where everyone's kind of friends with everyone, not this whole divided mess, even when living in a community based off a race or even something like just crazy, pretty much. Okay. Uh, where, because there's a lot of people that just want to keep to themselves, and I don't want to live in a neighborhood like that. I want to be like friendly with neighbors. I want to have that cool, like, American dream type neighborhood uh, okay. lifestyle. Because that's how I grew up, and I thought that was an awesome lifestyle, and it's something I reflect on often um, as an adult now, because it was like, that was a good life. Like, as millennials, like, living in the suburban life, like, everyone knew where everyone was because it was depending on where their bike was, much like a car. Mm. If you see their car at a place, you know where they are, and Mm -hmm. that's how my uh, parents would deduce where in the world I was. Mm -hmm. Um, But... I wake up into that lifestyle and, I don't know, drive my nice car and whatnot uh, to places I would travel to the ones that you don't always see on Instagram. I'd travel to those places. Mm. Like, it may be tropics still, but it'll be the places that, like, no one has yet seen on some sort of social media that got blown up or kind of wrongly explained because they went to this little teeny thing. And it's like a whole big island, and they're gonna go to that big island and get like uh, misled when they re- the Instagram went to this teeny little island. Mm-hmm. Um, but I imagine a traveling lifestyle with my okay. own little pup, and I don't know, just a very regular style life. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I hope honestly in my household, I really hope to have that like really cool like old English library mm-hmm. where it's like I have. My own fire, as bad as it sounds, I have my own little fireplace with all this paper around me. And uh, I'll have, like, countless book um, bookcases full of books that I can just, I organize myself and I can kind of go back and go into and got my own little ladder, like Belle and Beauty and the Beast. Like, I think that's one of the main things I really, really want as a literate person. It mm-hmm. just... It sounds so fascinating to me, but aside from it, is as long as I have my books, the love of my life, and my family, everything else can kind of go the way it wants to. Because mm-hmm. I know as long as I have them, I could still stay together. Like, pretty much I can keep myself as a whole, pretty much, as long as I have that. And, I mean, if there's times when I don't get to travel, like right now because of COVID, I mean, it sucks, but it's okay. Because I still got my family, I still got the love of my life, and I still got books. Mm-hmm. Um, but when those times of like excitement do come, it's like these are the thrilling moments in my life that I get to go. When I'm old, I get to think back on, and maybe I'll get to like jot it down in a journal at the time, so then I can like refer back to it in detail, not just off my memory. Because um, I know I'll probably, if anything, remember like a summarized version by the time I'm old. Or maybe a pinch of what happened, unless I took pictures. But my lifestyle is very regular in my head. I mm-hmm. unless I had like superpowers or some fastest <laughs> fantasy life that was to come out, in which now involve a vampire, some werewolves, and fae. That'd be cool. <laughs> Aside from that, <laughs> said, as long as I have my books, the love of my life, and my family, I'm good. And I also have a cyber cheetah legs. Like, damn, that took a toll. Well, that's that's everything on my list. Um, I really enjoy talking to you. I really appreciate it. Is there anything you want to say before we end this delightful episode? Mm, 
stay cool because now we're getting in the hot temps and let's remember wash our hands because <laughs> again corona could easily go away if we i don't know practice on our hygiene because if no one's noticed how much corona's blown up think about it this really shows as a whole how clean we are as individuals and we could easily uh, destroy that by washing our hands every single day. Mm-hmm. Remember, you want to protect yourself and the person next to you. So let's everyone keep a good <laughs> hygienic life. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, I will see you in the next episode. Take it easy. Be good. Be safe. Be healthy. And have a banana.